Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is our first episode of Talking Spanish with Español Now. Um, we have two podcasts. We have this one, which we will get into different topics in the Spanish language and language learning in general. Um, but most of what we're going to do is be talking about different grammatical topics that everybody has questions about. Um, in addition to that, we'll get into some cultural things that people might might be asking about as well. Um, in our other podcast, we do little lessons and, and things like that to get you set up to 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 you know to learn Spanish. So, um, just wanted to give you a quick overview on that. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself since this is the first episode of uh, the podcast, and then we will go into our topic today, which is how languages are learned. So my name is Dan Edwards. I am currently a doctoral candidate at Indiana University. Um, my my dissertation topic is motivation in second language learners. Um, before that, I got my master's degree in education, in Spanish education from uh, the University of Nebraska at Kearney. Um, and prior to that, I got my um, bachelor's degree in Spanish from Marist College. Um, so this stuff's really important to me as a Spanish teacher. Um, I teach college, I teach high school, and I teach online as well uh, to a variety of different learners through Espanol Now. Um, but this conversation is going to be geared towards language learners. And so you don't necessarily have to be a Spanish language learner for this conversation to be helpful for you. Um, you can really be learning any language because um, this conversation goes for everybody, not just Spanish language learners. The intent of this episode is not to help language teachers put research into practice because we're not going to go deep into the research. We're just going to kind of skim the surface um, I'm happy to have that conversation, but I think that the, that the conversation for teachers who are trying to put research about language acquisition into practice is different than the conversation that we want to have with language learners, because when you're trying to put something into practice, I think you need to go into the research a little bit more so you can sort of personalize what you're trying to do with your students. Um, this one is, is just an overview for Spanish or any language learner, um, and... The reason why I'm having this conversation, and it's something that I tell my students all the time, is I think one of the most important things you can do first, and it's why I start off my um, my online lessons with this for people who don't have experience learning languages, is the most important thing you can do first is learn about how languages are learned. Because if you understand how languages are learned, you will have a lot more success because you know what to do while you're learning the language, right? If you don't know how this process works or what goes into this process of language acquisition, um, you're, you're not going to have as much success because you're kind of going into it, you know, you're, you're, you're going into it blindly and you're not exactly sure what you need to do. But I think this conversation will help guide a lot of people. Um, so again, we're going to go briefly into some of the research of language acquisition, but the intent of this is for language learners, beginner language learners, particularly if you've been learning a language for a while and you don't know about how language acquisition works, I think this conversation will be helpful as well. But anyways, let's jump into it. So, um, for many years, we know that language classes were taught using what's called a grammar translation method. Um, and in these methods, teachers would have students spend all of their time 
um, or most of the time at least, doing grammar exercises and having discussions about things like the subjunctive, how to conjugate verbs. And before I move far, f forward in this conversation, I'm not anti-grammar. I love grammar. And I think it's important in small doses to understand how grammar works because we need to expedite our language learning process, right? So that's definitely important. But if we consider the research in the field, we know that it's not the best way to learn a language. And so this starts with Stephen Krashen, whose input hypothesis um, was really, you know, began to, to sort of gain traction in the 1980s. Um, and so what his input hypothesis says, as, you know, in its, in its simplest form, is that what we need to do to learn a language is receive as much input as possible. So input is going to be your keyword for your entire language learning journey. Um, you need to make sure that you have input. So what is input? So when we're talking about learning languages, input is what you hear and what you read. It's everything that's going in, right? Um, and then you need to process that, right? So um, basically, according to his theory, the more that you hear, the more that you read, the more quickly you're going to acquire the language because that is how we acquire languages, right? Um, but there's a little bit of there's a little bit of a twist in this conversation in in that is that that we can't just take any kind of input, right? This input has to be what Stephen Krashen calls comprehensible. So the way that Stephen Krashen defines comprehensible input is sort of a little formula he made up, I plus one. And so what that means is that if we think of a staircase, um, let's think of a staircase in a, in a hallway, right? And each step represents a different level of proficiency in the language, okay? Um, you want that input to be right on the next step. So if you're standing on one step, you want that input to be just up there where you need to reach up for it, okay? And so this goes along with Vygotsky's zone of proximal development, for those of you who know some things about um, educational theory. Um, and so the zone of proximal development is that is is this zone between what somebody can do by themselves and what they can't do at all, even with the help of someone else. And so what, what we would find in this zone is what somebody can do with the help of somebody else. And so, you know, you need to have that input on your on the next step on the staircase if you're going to step up to that, right? If the input's on the same step as you or below, you're not going to make the progress to step up, right? But it can't be three, four, or five steps ahead because you can't reach that, right? And it's not going to help you. And so one example is, you know, if you sit in front of the television and you turn on the Spanish channel, right? And you want to watch a telenovela. Perfect, right? It's great. But if you don't understand anything that's being said, you can sit in front of that television for however long you want. The input's not comprehensible. You're not going to learn. So that's pretty much in its basis what the input hypothesis says, okay? Um, a lot of conversations that come up when we talk about this is the way that babies learn languages, right? And so if you've had the opportunity to watch a baby learn a language, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long process, right? They take months to years of input before they can start to produce output. And I think what this tells us is that output, which is when we write something or we speak, 
is not that helpful for acquiring languages. I think Stephen Krashen would say it's barely helpful at all. Okay. Um, but in my point here is not that we shouldn't be practicing output because we definitely need to practice our speaking and our writing, right? So we can improve that, but it doesn't help us acquire the language. And so we're not really going to gain any um, proficiency in the language by practicing writing and reading, which is why in my beginner courses, I don't have people do that. It's not helpful, right? A little bit here and there because there are some things that we need to tweak and practice, but it's not going to help you acquire the language. You're not going to be, become more proficient in understanding the language. And so we kind of want to stay away from that at the beginning um, as much as we can, right? If a, if, if we give it, it, maybe, you know, let's talk about a one-year-old, right? I have a, I have a three-year-old and a one-month-old. So, you know, I've, I've been through this with my three-year-old just recently. Um, if we talk about, let's say about one, right? Well, they're not really producing much. Are we going to give them a speaking test, right? I don't think that that's fair. So I don't, uh, so, so here's my, here's my point, right? Um, asking somebody to produce at the beginning, it's not going to be helpful for their, for their acquisition of the language, right? We need to think of how do we acquire the language, not exactly how we learn a language because learning kind of implies it's something academic like social studies or math. And this is something I tell my students all the time. We don't learn a language, we acquire it, right? Um, and so, you know, output is good for practice. But let's try to focus on as much input as possible to make progress in the language. Okay. Um, we are not exactly like children, of course, right? And here's the two big arguments that I make. Number one, children are getting input in the target language all the time, all day, every day, right? They're getting so much. And, and think, if you think about this, it still takes them a while to produce, right? So think about how difficult this is for somebody who's learning a language that they're not hearing all the time. Okay. So, um, children are hearing language all the time. If we're learning a second language, you know, we're not, right? And so, um, that's a big difference, right? So, we have a lot less, we have a lot, many, you know, we have fewer hours in, in, of input, okay? So, it's going to make the process more difficult. Number two, if we believe what Chomsky says about children, they have a language acquisition device, right? And so, this is kind of like a hypothetical um, ability to be able to pick up on languages more easily than adults can. It doesn't mean it's impossible as an adult. It just means that it's more difficult, right? Um, people have challenged this theory, but it's pretty popular. And I think that they're, that, that, that it's important because we do notice that children can pick up on languages more easily. So learning a second language while you're three or learning two languages from birth is much easier than learning one language and then trying to learn a second one when you're a teenager, right? We think that, you know, around 12, 13, 14, so somewhere around then, um, this ability kind of disappears, right? And when I say ability, I'm not talking about the ability to learn a language. I'm talking about, I guess, more the ease at which the language is acquired, right? Um, okay. So that's a big thing, right? We need to make sure that we have as much input as possible um, Stephen Krashen would say that writing and speaking isn't really that helpful for acquiring the language. He also says that we acquire uh, grammatical concepts through input naturally, right? And so what that means is that um, things like conjugating verbs, things like the subjunctive mood, um, you know, those kind of grammatical concepts are things that we naturally acquire. And this definitely happens in children, right? 
it absolutely happens in children. You hear children make mistakes like, mommy, go to the store, right? And then that's because they're they're making this assumption that the verb to go in English is a regular verb. And so with regular verbs in English, we just kind of add the ed to make it past tense, right? And it's not. And so that's where that whole thing comes from. And then later on, they realize that we have to say mommy went because to go is an irregular verb in the past tense. Okay, so Stephen Krashen would, would argue that that grammar doesn't necessarily need to be taught explicitly, right? Um, I'm the kind of person that doesn't do a whole lot of explicit grammar teaching. I think that it does, and there is some research out there that supports this. It can speed up our acquisition a little bit if we have a good understanding, and so I do teach it a little bit, um, but I would say that it's not a focus at all at the beginning, right? Our focus is giving, getting input. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about with this conversation is that many people would say, okay, so if all I need is input, then why do I need an instructor? Why do I need somebody to guide me through it? And the answer that I have to that question is that you need somebody who's going to provide you input that's comprehensible, right? And so you need somebody who can guide you through it because if you don't know the language, trying to pull, trying to by yourself find language that's comprehensible is going to be so difficult, probably impossible. I don't know how one would do it um, without the help of somebody else who already can speak the language and make sure that this um, input is tailored so that it's just above your level so that it's comprehensible, right? Um, so I, 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 I think that goes back to the whole conversation about, you know, turning on Telemundo and trying to understand Spanish and learn Spanish. It's not going to work that way, right? So um, big topic of this, just make sure you get as much input as possible. Make sure that that input is comprehensible. Um, you know, I, I, I can't stress that enough. A lot of people who are not language educators don't really understand these theories behind language acquisition, which is why I felt it was really important to try to break it down for people who are learning the language. But anyways, that's it for today. Um, I'm looking forward to moving into some more topics as we go along. Feel free to check out our other podcasts to, um, you know, help you boost your Spanish learning a little bit. Um, give us a, give us a, a shot at EspanolNow.com. Check out what we've got to offer. We've got some great free communities. We offer some courses that go along with, um, the podcast. We use them as resources and, uh, thanks again for tuning in. And I look forward to having, uh, everybody back to, to listen to the, to the next episode. Mm -hmm.